everybody, this is Brother Lee Whaley here at Crusading for Christ Podcast Hour. I hope you all are having a great day today and a wonderful evening and all, whatever time you're listening to this. Listen, I've got a new setup here a little bit. I got a new microphone and I got a new headset, so um, I'm trying both of them out. At any rate, it's good to be with you today. I've got something on my heart I want to share with you. It's going to be, you know, I'm not going to take a long time to do it. I just want to talk to you real shortly here. Uh, and I know I've told you about the Lord talking to my, you know, leading me in, in my heart. I feel like the second coming of Christ is very soon. I'm not going to say what day because I don't know the day or the hour. I promise you, I don't, I'm not claiming that hogwash. Anybody that does is making a terrible mistake. But what I am saying is by looking around us today and the signs of the times, it doesn't take much of a, you know, much of a brain to figure it out that maybe what God spoke about two, three thousand years ago, a prediction in Isaiah and all those Ezekiel and those Old Testament prophets, the minor prophets, the major prophets, and then Jesus himself telling us what's coming to pass. Maybe there's something to that. And I really want to elaborate just a little bit about something that um, I thought about. And that's um, simply this. In the book of Revelation, and when John when John was on the island of Patmos and and the Aegean Sea, I, I made a mistake and said it was the Mediterranean, I think, one time, but it's the Aegean Sea, anyway, right there, off the coast of Greece. Anyway, so um, he's given this revelation. He's given to John what's going to happen now. He said things that are, things that were, and things that are to come. And so John is given this revelation on this island of Patmos, which is a solid rock, and he was put out there to die, but God had other reasons for him to be out there. And the reason was so that we could get this book called Revelation. And uh, it's one of my favorite books in the whole Bible. I love it. I just, I can't get enough of it. And you know, the beautiful thing about it, it's a constant revelation of God and Jesus Christ, of course, being God. God and Jesus are the same. If you don't like that, then you don't know what the Bible says. Anyway, so... John is talking about the church age, and the first three chapters are talking about the things that, uh, that are. In other words, what John was talking about were seven churches in Asia Minor. Now, these seven churches in Asia Minor are actually churches that are there. You had Ephesus and uh, Sardis, and you had um, uh, Pergamos, and you had Thyatira, and you had Smyrna. I think Smyrna was bit number two. And Sardis was number five, but anyway, and then uh, then the Church of Philadelphia, and then the Church of the Laodiceans, and this church, these churches have got things. When you study them, there's there's just amazing what's going on in the churches, and these were actual churches in Asia Minor, which is modern day Turkey. But to get, I don't want to talk about that a lot. I just want to talk about this situation. John John was in here, and God told him to write these things down. Now, the things that are the things that he sees, he sees he, the, these seven churches in Asia Minor, and he writes letters to each and every one of them. And some of them are commendations, some of them are exhortations, all these kind of things. But the point I want to make, all of it's 100% true. That's what I'm trying to make. It's all 100% true. These were actual churches. They were actually there. There's, they actually know where they were at and, the, and all that. But then after chapter 3, something happens. And the Bible says, John said, um, 
after these things, after this, after what? After the church age. I know a lot of people don't believe in the rapture, but you will. Uh, I do, and I'm going to preach it and teach it till I die. I mean, that's just 47 years of Bible study and teaching. I'm 100% sure that there's going to come a time when Jesus is coming back for the church, which is his children. The born again, the ecclesia, the called islands, ecclesia, ecclesia, whatever. Anyway, trying to speak a little Greek there. After this, I looked up, he said, John, now, and I behold, a door in heaven was open. Remember in 1 Thessalonians, 1 Corinthians, I heard a trumpet say, come up hither. This is the trumpet in heaven. And the voice which I heard was a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up here, and I will show you the things which must be hereafter. And he said, and immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and the one that sat upon the throne. So John predicts a day that uh, the Bible says, the church, this is what we interpreted as, is called out of the world. Why? Because for the next, after chapter 4 and 5, where the foundation is set for the things that are coming, uh, and it talks about the church age and then the, in the, in the, uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb, all that's going to be happening. And so at the same time, the world's going to go through seven years of tribulation, the Antichrist. You've heard the, you heard the Antichrist, 666. 144,000, all that kind of stuff. So it's remarkable, isn't it? I love to talk about it. But here's what I want to talk about today. He, he has given us a warning. He has told us what's going to be going on, and you read the epistles, and you read the Gospels, and, uh, and there's so many signs, what we would call signs today, that would say, okay, we're getting, we're getting really close. But then there's something else I want to talk to you about. Um. Most of us that are alive right now that has any age on us at all has heard or seen the movie about the Titanic. And I'm not going to go into any great detail on, on that because I don't know the, all the major details, but there's tons of it. And um, so, and we, know, and we know that the Titanic um, was a ship that was built by the greatest shipmakers in the world at that time. It was the most luxurious ocean liner ever to be built it was absolutely the cream of the crop i mean it was the best and a matter of fact there was a statement made about that ship that said even god can't can't sink the titanic which was a heck of a statement because we know the end of it but if you didn't know the end of it you would definitely be thinking well there's this is built by the best men and they were the greatest uh shipbuilders, and and they had all the luxuries you could ask for matter of fact the crew and the and the passengers and everybody else, there was no question about this was going to be a great voyage. Everybody wanted to go uh, to America on this ship. Of course, we know that the rich, the very rich people, did, and most of the people that was on this ship were very rich, millionaires. Some of them millionaires. But here's the point I want to make. They said that this ship could never be be sunk that god couldn't sink it it's built so great that it's they've done everything in their power to make it unsinkable well i'm not going to go into all the details of the story but you know that that was april uh, 14th and 15th uh, in 1912 right there was approximately 200 or 2200 passengers on board they didn't have enough lifeboats and they didn't have enough uh equipment to handle if the sink because the sink the, sh the ship couldn't sink but we all know the fate of what happened that night well here's why i'm saying that 
these people were warned. The, the, the Titanic hit the iceberg. The iceberg opened the hull of the ship and water was coming in. And the people that built the ship that were on the ship knew, the, knew that the ship was going to sink. But the stories are told that there were hundreds and hundreds of people that just didn't believe the ship was going to sink. I mean, because it was told to them the ship was not going to sink. It was, in, it was unsinkable. God, God couldn't sink this ship, which is probably not a good thing to start off with. But now here's why I'm telling you about that. The Titanic, we know uh, it did sink. The Titanic sunk, and uh, there's about 1,500 and they said 17 people, 1,517 people that died on that ship. Uh, and only a few got into the lifeboat, like 700. But you know, the Bible says, straight is the gate and narrow is the way that few are going to be that find it. It's talking about life. It says, enter at the straight gate, for straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life, and there's going to be few that find it. For wide is that gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many are going to go in thereat. Why would it say that? Because God knows that man, because of our own thinking, uh, we just can't imagine the things we haven't seen. You know, I mean, it's like if you'd have been on that ship and you were this, the richest person in the world like Astral, uh, you would have thought there's no way this thing. I mean, I'm on the ship. There's no way this thing's going to sink. And God wouldn't do that to us. But you see, God has told us that there's coming a day. When the church of Jesus Christ will be taken out, and we talked about that in 1 Thessalonians 4, one of the favorites in 1 Corinthians 15. Also, I'm trying to say, just like the people on the Titanic, they didn't believe it. They couldn't, they wouldn't believe it. Uh, there's no way this thing's going to sink. And as they got, as they got closer and closer as the, sink, the ship was sinking, could you imagine those people that's still on board? There's some of them, they said, wouldn't even put the life jackets on. We're scrambling for those life jackets because as that water started coming up into those last places where everybody had gathered, and it started coming up, and it was ice cold. I mean, ice cold. These men, and the, I'm sure there were some women as well because they didn't get everybody off board. They only got about 700 people. <clears throat> as a matter of fact, that's another thing. They, the lifeboats were just barely full. I mean, there was it would hold like 65 people, and there was like 17, 18 people on the lifeboats because they still couldn't accept the fact that, that this ship was going to sink. But as it started getting lower and lower and lower into the water, the reality set in. And could you just, I just want you to put it yourself in these people's places on that ship. The reality is it is going to sink. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna falter. It's gonna sink, and we're gonna die. And and the terrible thing is, that's exactly what happened. And then we all seen the movies how you know all all those things happened. And uh, but the end of the day is, they died. Well, you see, God's people, God's children, are warning a loss in a dying world that Jesus is coming back, and you've got to be born again. You've got to be saved, or you're gonna miss the boat. What I mean by the boat is the rapture. And I, and I want you to just think a minute if you were standing right now, right where you're at. And Jesus came back and the trumpet of God sounded. And God's children were taken up in the air in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. And you were left behind. You would almost absolutely feel exactly like they did on that Titanic. Oh, my God. Well, what can I do? 
Well, if you've ever heard the gospel and been convicted of your sins and didn't give your life to Christ, there's nothing you can do. And if you're waiting for the tribulation to come and be saved, you're, you're going to be you're going to be ungodly, given a, a strong delusion to believe a lie. Folks, I'm just trying to tell you the time is getting close. The ship is sinking. What are you going to do? The ship is sinking. Are you going to get on that lifeboat? Are you going to just deny that Jesus is coming back and the world's going to get better? It's not going to get no better. The Republicans may win and the Republicans may uh, take the House and the Senate and then eventually take the presidency back. But that doesn't change anything with God's timing. For he's coming. The Jewish people are looking for their Messiah. And so is the church. I just pray that you're ready to go to heaven. I really do. I love you. And the only reason I'm talking about that is because just like the people on that Titanic, as that ship got closer and closer to the water, they said that it stood straight up. And then the bat, then as it went down, all them people perished. Are you going to be in the rapture? Or are you going to be left behind? And if you're listening to this and, there, and there's a bunch of people been missing for a while, you may have already missed it. Because, listen, he's coming for his kids, for his children, for his bride, for the, for the church. And you better be a part of it. Listen, I love you, and I appreciate you listening. Support this ministry by praying for us. We love you, we thank you, and ask you to pray for us now. And you all have a great day. And we'll talk to you again real soon here at the Crusading for Christ podcast hour. And I want to thank the old pass again for their great song, Oh, What a Savior. Amen. Amen. Oh, what a Savior.